the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom and welcome to the Heart of Messiah radio broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Sharesh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently, we are serving in Wesley Chapel, Tampa, St. Pete, and our newest location, South Bay in Riverview, along with Conexion, our Spanish-speaking congregation in Tampa. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 and 910 WTBN, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Avinu Malkinu, our Father, our King, we love you. And we declare, Lord, that you are our King, that we dedicate our lives to you, and so we study your word to be uh, approved by you. And to, Lord, to just know the way to go. And we seek to spend time with you, Lord, so that we can hear your voice. So let today be a time where we look at your word, hear your voice, and that we know the things that you want us to think and the things you want us to do. We pray that we'll be obedient and that we will be a true ambassador for you in this world. We bless you in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Well, let's begin today with counting the Omer. I don't know how many of you are doing that, but we'll do it here, right? Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech ha'lam asher kidshanu b'mitzvotav v'tzivanu al sifarat ha'omer. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has set us apart by your commandments and has commanded us to count the Omer. Today is the first day of the fifth week and day 29, I have counted the Omer. Well, the scripture for the day on counting the Omer was taken from 1 Peter 2.13. It says, For the Lord's sake, submit yourselves to every human authority, whether to a king as supreme or to governors sent by him for the punishment of those who do evil and the praise of those who do good. For this is God's will that you silence the ignorance of foolish men by doing good. So uh, the thought for the day is a quote from uh, former NFL coach Vince Lombardi, and he said, Football is like life. It requires perseverance, self-denial, hard work, sacrifice, dedication, and respect for authority. So the challenge of the day uh, from the Counting the Omer booklet is, number one, do you respect authority? 
Two, write down names of at least three people whose authority you are under and answer whether or not you treat them with respect. Number three, how do you react when you disagree with them? Okay, we're going to go back to uh, Israel, but you know, counting the Omer, wonderful time. It's all about our growth as we get to Shavuot, which is June 12th or uh, Pentecost, as many of you know it. And we'll talk about that in the coming weeks. We've been talking about Israel, and we talked last week about the scriptures. And I just want to take one scripture from last week as we introduce uh, a little different take on Israel this week. Isaiah 62, 6 and 7 says, I have set watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem. They shall never hold their peace day or night. You who make mention of the Lord, do not keep silent and give him no rest till he establishes and till he makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. So give give God no rest until he makes Jerusalem a praise in all the earth, because he's already established Israel. So the one part of the scripture that's left is that Israel needs to be a praise in all the earth. Well, let's look at a history of Israel, and some of this we're going to go over very quickly. Other things we'll take a little more time with, you know. When you look at Israel, you figure that um, Israel came into existence about 4,000 years ago when it was promised to Abraham, 2,000 years BCE or BC. Now, many of you think of BC, meaning before Christ. Uh, In the Jewish way of thinking, it's BCE, before the common era. Either way, Basically the same thing. So 2,000 years ago, uh, I'm sorry, 4,000 years ago or 2,000 years before Yeshua, we had Abraham. Then 1,500 years before we had Moses. 1,000 years before Yeshua, King David. Uh, the, the kingdoms were divided in, the, in not, uh, roughly 930 um, before Yeshua. The Babylonian exile, first temple was destroyed roughly 586 before Yeshua. Uh, The return of Jews from Babylon back to Israel and rebuilding the temple in roughly 538 before Yeshua. 332, uh, Israel conquered by Alexander the Great. Uh, He had a tremendous Hellenistic rule, but... Um, when he no longer was in charge, uh, the Maccabees had to revolt roughly in 166 before Yeshua, and they got the temple back, and it was rededicated. So Yeshua, in a sense, born in 000, right? We've come down from 2000 to 000, and now we're going to start going up, right? Because it's CE, or the Common Era, or many of you know it as AD, which stands for Anno Domini, which is Latin for the year of our Lord. And it means the number of years since the birth of Yeshua. So in 66, roughly, to 70, 73, was a time of the Jewish revolt. This was after Yeshua. And the second temple was destroyed. 
and they had the last stand at Masada. At 1.32, roughly, after Yeshua, they declared Bar Kachba the Messiah, the Jewish people did, and they went against uh, Rome, and unfortunately, they lost. So, obviously, he was not the Messiah. Byzantine rule in 300, roughly, to 600, Arab rule of Israel, roughly 636 to 1100. And the Dome of the Rock, which is so famous now in Jerusalem, uh, that was built in 691. So you can see here that Israel was a nation really um, approximately 2,600 years before the Arabs had any control of Israel at all. Then in 1091 to 1291, the Crusaders' domination. In 1291 to 1516, Mamluk uh, rule. From 1517 to 1917, the Ottoman Empire ruled the Turkish uh, group. And so now we're going to take a little stronger look at this. Uh, Let me just say that even though um, the Ottoman rule was till 1916 or 17, um, the first Aliyah, which was the first large-scale immigration into Israel from Russia from 1882 to 1903, so Jews started to get a vision for going back to the homeland in the end of the 1800s. In fact, the first Zionist Congress convened by Theodore Herzl in Switzerland was in 1897. And in 1909... The first kibbutz and the beginning of of Tel Aviv, the first modern all-Jewish city. So that was 1909. We can see from this that even though uh, Turkey uh, or the Ottomans were ruling, Jewish people were coming back and starting to get the vision once again for living in Israel. So in 1917... um, we see that uh, Turkey uh, had gone with, in World War I, uh, Germany, and so they took the losing side, um, unfortunately for them, and so uh, their land was uh, taken, in a sense, by France and England, or Britain. And uh, so Lebanon and Syria went to France, And Palestine, or today's Jordan and Israel and the West Bank, went to Great Britain. Now, the Jews, as I mentioned, had already begun this immigration to Israel. And um, they were beginning to attract Arabs, actually, from neighboring areas because they were drawn to better employment opportunities and healthier living conditions with the Jewish people. Now, to give you an idea of Israel in the late 1800s, this is a quote from Mark Twain in 1867. He went to Israel, or Palestine at that point, and he he said this about it. It's a desolate country whose soil is rich enough but is given over wholly to weeds, a silent, mournful expanse. A desolation is here that not even imagination can grace with the pomp of life and action. We never saw a human being on the whole route. There was hardly a tree or a shrub anywhere. 
Even the olive and the cactus, those fast friends of the worthless soil, had almost deserted the country. Now, I want you to understand this. This is very important because God promised that when Israel was part of the land, when Jewish people were part of the land, the land would flourish. But when Jewish people weren't part of the land, it would be desolate. And that's, in effect, what was being described. Now, in 1917, there was a British foreign minister named Balfour, and he pledged to the Jewish people a homeland. And that homeland that he pledged, really, uh, was what today is all of Jordan, including all of Israel, plus a little more, actually. Um. And then we see a couple other events. A Hebrew University opened in Jerusalem in 1925. But in 1929 and 1939, there was a lot of pressure on Britain uh, from the Arab countries. And say they wrote these papers called the White Papers, which really limited the number of Uh, Jewish people who were allowed to immigrate into Israel, 75,000 per year for five years was the limitation. And so this was happening just at the time that World War II was breaking out, which is why uh, Jewish people, in a sense, broke the law to get into Israel. Well, in 1923, the British divided Palestine into two districts. Jews would be permitted only west of the Jordan, and so they called the east of the Jordan uh, Transjordan, which means across the Jordan River. And it stayed this way um, pretty much. Um, In 1946, it became the Arab... uh, Palestinian nation, uh, first Transjordan and then Jordan. So, in a sense, Israel lost 25, uh, uh, I'm sorry, 75 percent of the originally promised land they lost. Now, the remaining 25 was to be the Jewish homeland, right? However, Arab population was determined to drive the Jews into the Mediterranean Sea. So one of the things that got them into unity was being against Israel. And Palestinian territory um, from Jordan started having terrorist attacks against Jews. And the British tried to uh, maintain order, but they didn't do a great job. And finally, um, they in 1947, they gave uh, Israel to the United Nations to figure out. At this time, uh, because of the terrorists and because of the Britain and how they were keeping Jewish people in camps and stuff, they formed uh, two groups. One was a Haganah, which later became the uh, Israel a defense force, and the other one was a Jewish underground group called Irgun, which was led by Menachem Begin, who later became the Prime Minister of Israel. And that was uh, a that was in a sense a terrorist organization, a Jewish terrorist organization. They bombed places where uh, Britain was to try and get them out, so we, you know, the Jewish people could become a nation. 
Well, in 1947, November, uh, the U.N. gave the Jews the right to become a nation. The U.N. Resolution 181 was to divide the the 25% of the land that they still had into two nations. So even the 25% was going to be divided. And so they made half of Israel, in a sense, um, for a Palestinian state, and the other half, which would be, you know, roughly 50% of the 25%, uh, would go to Israel. And a lot of that area was desert. So finally, the Jewish people said, yes, we'll do it, whatever, you know. But even with all the land that has been given at that time to the Arabs, they refused the agreement. But on May 14, 1948, the Jews finally declared the state of Israel. And the next day, Israel was attacked by seven Arab countries from seven Arab armies. Egypt, Transjordan, Syria, Lebanon, Saudi Arabia, Iraq, and Yemen. Now, most of the Arabs living within the newly declared Israel were encouraged to leave by the invading Arab armies. And the thought was that if they left, it would be easier to slaughter the Jews. And then when they came back, when, when they did that, then the Arabs could come back and claim their land. However, after 19 months, which is just such a miracle of God, even though Israel, uh, the Jewish people lost 1% of their entire population Israel won the war. And the Arabs who left became refugees, Palestinian refugees. And so that became a political issue. And of course, who would they blame about those refugees? Israel, of course. The Arabs who didn't leave became the Israeli Arab citizens that are in, the, in Israel currently. And we'll talk about that later. So, throughout the 1949 to 1967, there was a lot of tension, especially with Egypt, but a lot of tension. And so, uh, it resulted in um, a war um, called the 1967 um, War, Six-Day War. And what happened at this time was that um, Israel had a preemptive strike against Egypt because Egypt and Jordan and Syrian armies were on the Israel border. So Israel decided not to wait. And within two hours, they launched this attack on the Air Force of Israel and wiped out all 500 or so (laughs) uh, Air Force planes. And, of course, communication not being what it is now, uh, King Hussein of Jordan launched his attack from the West Bank, thinking that Egypt was going to take care of the South. But, um, actually, it didn't work, and Israel defeated all the countries that came against them and uh, in six days. And they received in that time period, they got control of the Sinai Desert from Egypt, the Golan Heights 
from Syria and the West Bank from Jordan. And in 1967, they reclaimed the 3,000-year-old city of Jerusalem. They were only in half of it, but now they got the old city back, which was where... um, you know, which I, I and look, when they came back, there was crying, there was rejoicing. It, it was just such a miracle of God. And um, to that effect, let me let me just mention two scriptures here, because to me, they they are so important. So understand that in 1967, Jerusalem was back in Jewish hands. So listen to these two scriptures. One is Romans 11:25. I do not want you brothers to be ignorant of this mystery lest you be wise in your own eyes that a partial hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. Or in other words, when when the Gentiles know, well, 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 let me go to Luke twenty one twenty four. then I'll explain it. It says there, they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive into all the nations. Jerusalem will be trampled by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled. So here we see two scriptures with the time of the Gentiles being fulfilled. Well, Jews now had Jerusalem. And so what was supposed to happen, as it says in Romans 11? What was supposed to happen is there was a partial hardening, and that would start coming off the Jewish people. So let's look at that right now for a minute, because this is a miracle of God. If that were the case, then starting roughly around 1967, Jewish people accepted Yeshua as their Messiah. And that's exactly what happened. People like myself, all of a sudden, accepted Yeshua as their Messiah, and we thought we were the only Jewish people in the world who believed this way. But you know what? By 1970, the first Messianic congregation in Cincinnati got formed. So within three years of this prophecy that the blinders would start coming off, Jewish people started accepting the Lord, and the modern-day Messianic movement began once again. This is an amazing fulfillment to prophecy, and it's also amazing remembering that uh, what I've been trying to explain whenever we talk about Israel or the Jewish people is the faithfulness of God. And if God is faithful to the Jewish people and Israel based on the prophecies, based on his word, then he is going to be faithful to you as well, and you can take that to the bank. And that's why it is amazing to know the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God who is Yeshua, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And this should excite you tremendously. Well, we're out of time today. We're going to finish up Israel next week. Okay, just remember the three things that we learned from two weeks ago. One, never forget. 
Number two, never again. And number three, never be silent. We need to stand up for the rights that we've been given. If you feel this program is valuable to you, would you send uh, or uh, an, a financial support uh, to us at rabbi at heart of messiah.org or call that's probably easier 813-831-5673 speak to karen okay 813-831-5673 if you would like my outline on the uh, a short history of israel with scriptures please again either tell karen or email me well may the lord Be your first priority, and may you grow in your desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. Join me as we close in prayer. Abba, Father, teach us your ways so that our hearts would be hearts of flesh and not of stone. May our words and actions always reflect the heart of Messiah so that everyone who meets us will know that Yeshua is our Messiah and King. You are Messiah, Yeshua Mashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.